Am I doing this because I actually feel called to this? Okay, that's a lot. As seniors, you're probably getting a lot of advice thrown at you. If you're anything like us, this can be really overwhelming. We made this podcast to filter through all the advice and get some information that really matters. From networking to finding your calling, this podcast will have a little something for everyone trying to navigate their way through their careers. On this episode, we have some really kick-ass guests. Joining us today, we have Mark Chaperon, Director of Strategy at Starbucks, Ashley Kamano, a Corporate Partner Strategist at the New York Mets, Sarah Wendland, a Global Kids Brand Manager at Nike, and Emily Yaki, a Global Apps Author at Nike. We even brought in some amazing GEO faculty, Professor Peggy Sula-Raz, as well as Dr. Mary Heikemper, to give us a bit of a different perspective. For this podcast, we're switching up the focus. We want to hone in on some real student problems from real students. Hang in tight because it's a two-part special featuring some GU gems. On today's episode, we sat down and had a genuine conversation about the concerns we have as graduation approaches. We're your hosts, Sydney Herr, Katie Blackerby, and Eilish Smith, and you're listening to Careers in Marketing, a Gonzaga podcast. As you can probably tell, this podcast is a bit unique. Our three hosts are each interested in different sectors of marketing, and we really wanted to dig into the various types of jobs you can find in the marketing field. We chose our guests based on where our individual interests lie. But before we get into all that, we wanted to sit down with each other and talk about what we think we want to do after graduation. So what kind of field do you guys want to go into after graduation? I'm thinking more the ad agency route, I'm using it as a learning experience, kind of building on the skills that I already have and looking at the different industries and finding one that I'm most interested in. So that's why I chose my guest, Emily. She worked at an ad agency in Portland for a few years and she just transitioned into Nike. Um, I think I wanna go into uh, brand strategy or enterprise strategy, which is like the overall grand scheme of a company and where they're going in the future. Um, That's kind of why I chose um, Mark at Starbucks because he's the director of strategy right now and Ashley, um, who's like the corporate partnership strategy person at the New York Mets. Mm -hmm. They're both in like really high positions and I didn't think they'd get back to me, but they were like really, really cool and nice about it. Yeah, I feel like all our guests have been so nice and down to be doing this podcast with us, which has been super cool. Um, Ashley ties in with my area of focus because I think I want to be doing brand marketing, definitely something in the creative realm of marketing. Um, And Ashley did brand marketing for Nike Basketball. She was a manager, which I thought was super cool. Um, But my guest I brought on was Sarah Wendland. She was the American football brand marketing specialist and that was her first job right out of college and she had some really great things to share. A big part of our careers is built on networking. With these podcasts so far you've probably picked up on a few tips and tricks on how to make the best connections but we really wanted to talk about the quality of these relationships that you're building. We have all had our own experiences thus far but we wanted to gain a better understanding of how to utilize our network so we decided to ask our knowledgeable alums about how to approach this topic. When it comes to networking it's easy to get wrapped up in the sheer number of connections you make. Sarah had a lot of great insight into how to get the most out of the connections you make and foster genuine relationships. You know, my, my first piece of advice would be um, pursue the quality of relationships, not quantity of relationships. So um, I'll give you a story. I, a, a few years ago, sat down with someone who wanted to um, talk to me about my role in football at the time. Mm-hmm. And I should mention this was not a Gonzaga person. So, mm-hmm. uh, so don't worry. But, but basically she sat down and her first question was, um, uh, how did, how did you get your job? And then her second question was, how can I get on your team? And I was like, oh, okay, okay, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Whoa, 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 whoa. Let's, let's calm down here. Like, 
Um, and then, and then, I, and then her third question was, who are three people I can speak to, um, you know, to, to be able to get on to your team. And I'm like, right okay. Of that. <laughs> yeah. Oh, boy, she's great. Like, wow. <laughs> yeah, totally. So it was a little forward and it's fine. You know, like people are learning and, and yeah. all that sort of thing. And I know Gonzaga people would never do that, but <laughs> I think, um, a good piece of advice is like, put yourself in their shoes, you know, like they're. Um, if you're sitting down to do an informational with someone or something like that, um, think about what value can I bring to them? Um, what are they going to get out of this? You know, um, and, and that might just be being able to pass on, you know, knowledge to kind of the next generation or, or to someone, um, that might be learning something about your school or, or, or they, I mean, people love stories. Like, Mm -hmm. um, and I think especially with, uh, you know, people who are still in college, like you guys are the youth, you know, you understand like the consumers that we're serving. You are the consumer. You're like on the streets, you're on the pulse, you know, of, of culture. And so, you know, even being able to provide to them some insights and stuff that, that you're seeing. Um, but I think ultimately what I always viewed it as was I get to spend 30 minutes, um, of really great quality time with someone and just learn about them. Um, I personally, I, I'm sure people advise, um, you know, kind of in, a, in different ways, but I personally never asked um, the person I was doing it informational with for more names. Mm-hmm. I just, um, sometimes I would ask if they had any resources and that actually led to some great stuff like books and articles and stuff on their websites. Mm-hmm. Um, 90% of the time they would pass me on to someone else and that was awesome, but it what it's not about how many people you can talk to. Mm-hmm. Um, it's about the impact and, and kind of that relationship that you can create just over time and meeting with people more than once. You know, if you're home for the holidays, uh, meet with someone. And then if you're home for the summer or in Portland for the summer, like meet with them again. People love when when you're able to, to stay in touch with them. Mm-hmm. So quality over quantity. Definitely. A hundred percent. Similar to Sarah's stance, Emily believes that the value of connections comes from not the number, but the quality of your connections. She gives us some great advice on how introverts especially can conquer networking, even when it might seem intimidating. I think it can be a little misleading, at least in my experience, is a lot of times you think that networking is all about how many people you meet and how many connections you can make. And I think to some extent that that's true, but I would say that what's more important is who you're making connections with and... Um, you know, to be intentional about who you're talking to and who you're um, who you're connecting with, because the more genuine the connection, the the better um, the better it's going to be, and the more useful it will be for you. Mark took a different stance on this topic. He gave us a great tip on envisioning our future and applying this to our networking strategy. Having a vision for what you want your career to look like, and then taking the opportunity to reach out and to and to work with people that are in jobs that you want. Um, and figure out their path and ask them questions and find your own way using them as, as your network is really important. There are a lot of different ways that you can go about networking. Through trial and error, you'll eventually find what works best for you. No matter what approach you take, networking has the ability to propel you forward in both your career search and your career. So I think it's pretty safe to say that marketing is kind of the last major in business, at least, to secure our jobs. I think a lot of our accounting and finance friends kind of secure the bag and they have their jobs and they're kind of set to go, right? Yeah, we kind of just have to play the waiting game (laughs) and, you know, 
April, May, that's when the marketing positions start mm-hmm. opening up. So we just kind of got to hang tight until then, which mm-hmm. can be scary. I know. And even Ashley was like mentioning that in an interview with her. She was like, you guys have to kind of like be patient. Just wait. Things will start like popping up online in like April. And that's kind of scary because like we have to secure our apartments. Like yeah. we're moving or like, yeah. what are we doing? Where are we going? Like uh-huh. we don't know. That's kind of like a little bit scary to not have anything really set in stone. Ashley recognizes how the hiring timeframe for marketing majors can make students feel uneasy. She gives us a little insight into the differences between marketing and finance careers in the hiring process. A lot of times in marketing positions, you know, they want someone who can come in and be an immediate contributor, whereas, you know, a lot of the finance organizations, and I, to be honest with you, I, I have never worked at one, so I don't exactly know, but I know there's lots of trainings and different testing and things like that, that that several people go through together. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think a lot of marketing roles are more individual contributors. Um, You know, there might be one or two openings at a company or on a team as opposed to, hey, we're going to hire an entire class of analysts at this point. So um, I think given, you know, the desire to get people in in a chair quicker, Mm -hmm. uh, I think it, it that's probably why applying in March, April, May is a little more relevant than maybe earlier in the year. It may be stressful for marketing majors to be on standby while our peers in accounting are getting job offers. Our guest Ashley sympathized with the struggle and gave us some advice on what we can be doing in the meantime. So then like from now to like um, March, April, May, what are some things as like marketing majors that you recommend we should be doing? So should we be filling our time with like obviously building our network is a big thing, but stuff yep. like focusing on our portfolio or... Um, I don't know, like attending certain events. If do you have specific things that you're noticing that could be beneficial to us? Yeah, I think you know, I, I think expanding your network and just doing outreach and and talking to anyone who you think might be potentially uh, of interest in the future in terms of companies. Um, I would say do do a lot of research on what you're looking for in a company as much as you're doing research in what you want to do physically do. Um, I think a company and the company culture has so much of an impact on someone's, you know, personal and physical well-being. Um, and obviously, if a company doesn't align to your core values, I think it might work out for, you know, a short period of time, but it it's going to wear down on you, you know, after long enough. So I think really understanding what you're looking for, not only in a role, but also in a company um, is really important. And you know, understanding that it's not always about a, a glamorous name on a piece of paper, but really about how employees are treated and what you're looking for specifically around, you know, your work-life balance. Um, are you open to working nights, weekends, etc.? I think I always tell people who are applying for jobs on my team currently at the Mets, you know, we work for a baseball team. So obviously with that comes some compromise and sacrifice and nights and weekends, but you know, obviously not everyone gets the luxury of working at a ballpark every day. So I think there's there's certain trade-offs that you guys should assess, you know, in in this time, in the next couple of months. I would say try and attend as many career fairs as you can. Um, try and grab coffee with people, whether it's professors, whether it's, you know, local companies in Spokane or doing, you know, phone calls with people where in, you know, if you want to move home to wherever home might be for you. Um, I think just really getting an understanding and lay of the land of what's out there. And then realistically, when you do find those companies or those people, understanding 
hey, like, what's your biggest gap right now? And like, when you do have an opportunity that's open, how are you looking to fill that? And like, what are you looking for in that candidate? So I think it's really a lot of research at this point and kind of soul searching, if you will, um, just to to really understand what it is you want. Because I think while your first role doesn't have to be, you know, ultimately where your career goes, it certainly was for me um, a huge guide of where I was going to take my career. So I think just being diligent about not necessarily taking the first opportunity, but taking the best opportunity. Lately, I've been soul searching and trying to hone in on my top values. After chatting with Sarah, I realized how important it is to know yourself prior to investing everything into a company. It may seem like such a simple concept, but it takes some deep self-reflection and honesty with yourself. So um, I kind of want to talk about this whole job search thing. So we're obviously, as seniors, we're in this job search and it can get very stressful. It can get very easy to lose yourself. It can get very easy to wrap yourself up in kind of like um, the what of what we're going to be doing, like the where we're going to be. A lot of these kind of, I want to say, materialistic things. Um, in our intro call, we were talking about some advice you gave me about finding your own values and strengths. I want to definitely touch on that because I think it's more than important to be more um, like in tune with yourself before you commit yourself and marry yourself into like a company. But do you have any advice for us people, us college students on finding our own value and our zones and our strengths. Yeah, absolutely. I think, um, you know, it's great and it's amazing. You guys are getting such a jump start on this. I mean, I don't, I don't think I was really thinking about this when I was, um, even a senior at Gonzaga, but, um, I think what's really important about kind of finding your why and your value is I've found that it really gives you freedom, um, from doing things that are self-imposed. That's mm-hmm. been a huge word um, for me this year of just thinking, okay, am I doing this because I actually feel called to this and because um, this is a strength of mine, it's something I want to do, or am I doing this because either someone else wants me to do it or I'm kind of making this fake, um, you know, kind of assumption that I, I this is something I have to do for mm-hmm. X, Y, Z made up reasons. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think, that's kind of one of the reasons why, um, you know, it's, it's super important. I was also reading a, um, a book called the road to character and in it, they talk about resume traits versus eulogy traits. And this gets like a little dark. So, you know, we'll, we'll light, we'll lighten it up a little, don't worry. But, uh, but he talks about, he's like, you know, um, if if Joe Schmo passes away, you know, hopefully he doesn't Joe Schmo, but um, if he passes away and he has a funeral, like they're not going to be talking about, oh, Joe Schmo's salary was awesome. Like, man, he made so much money or, oh, and he was like a VP of, of XYZ or, or, oh, he had like the most cut abs. Like, Joe's abs <laughs> just like so cut. Like, oh my gosh. No, like they're going to be talking about like how and why Joe did what he did. Like Mm -hmm. they're going to be talking about, you know, maybe he was a VP, but the way that he talks to the janitorial staff was like, they were the most important people in the entire room. The way that he treated the interns was like, they were his boss. Um, the, the reason why he showed up to work every day was because he wanted to serve people who are underserved. Um, you know, those types of things. So, you know, as you start to pursue the kind of the job route and try to think back um, to your why and, and your your values, your strengths, like 
keep running it through that filter as you're making decisions of, okay, am I doing this? Cause it's going to, you know, pat my resume. And I think that there's, you know, there's things that you can do to get good experience. That's awesome. Um, but also think about, okay, why am I doing this? Would this provide me with good experience so that I can ultimately help other people? Is this related to my why? Um, kind of those sorts of things. It's, and it's really hard and it, it changes. It'll continue mm -hmm. to change as you go on in life. And that's great. That's awesome. Um, and you know, you're not going to get it in one sitting at, uh, you know, at Starbucks or whatever mm -hmm. for like 30 minutes. It's going to take a little while and take some people to, to kind of help you out. Mm -hmm. But yeah, it's, it's a, it's a definitely a, a really valuable process to go through for sure. One of the most important things that we can do as seniors about to enter the workforce is trust the process. Emily comes from a different background than you might expect. As a history and poli-sci major, she had some great insight into applying this mentality when it comes to job searching, especially when it comes to breaking into a field that doesn't necessarily pertain to your degree. I know that you said that you didn't really have um, like an idea of what you wanted to do right after college, um, but how were you, like, I guess, able to confidently go out into your post-grad life and kind of find a new path and like trust that like this new path was good for you, even though you weren't really um, focusing on what you had majored on in college? Yeah, that's a great question. It was a little bit difficult, um, I think, just because normally one of the first things that people see on your resume when you apply for a job is where you went to school and what degrees you have. And I think, um, luckily, Gonzaga is a well-known and, and respected school, and I think that gave me an upper hand. Um, and I think also people understand that liberal arts degrees are generally maybe not professional skills focused, but people who have liberal arts degrees tend to have really good soft skills. Um, you know, they can communicate really well. They know how to look at data and analyze it. Um, they know how to collect information. And so I think, um, luckily, I, I was able to leverage those um, those qualifications. And I, I had people um, who ended up being managers who were in the hiring process when I was applying. And, I think they, um, in some ways, took a chance <laughs> on someone who didn't have a marketing degree, and um, and I think uh, it, it ended up working out for me, but I, I do think that it can be a challenge to kind of break into a pretty competitive field um, where a lot of people go in with finance degrees, marketing degrees, um, business degrees, that kind of thing, and really know what they're doing, um, maybe more than I did, <laughs> but um, I think in some ways it, it helped me um, because I stood out from a lot of other people. As you've probably gathered, we're all interested in very different areas of marketing. Sydney is interested in brand marketing, Eilish is interested in strategy, and I'm interested in ad agency work. This may not seem like it makes a difference, but our future goals have a big impact on the way we have to approach everything. So I know there's a lot going on right now as the semester is ending and everything like that, but what are your guys' biggest area of concerns? I think mine is pretty much the idea of just trusting the process and knowing that you might not land your dream job right out of college, which can be kind of scary, um, but just knowing that you're exactly where you need to be, even if it's not where you thought you would be, and just being okay with that. Mm -hmm. I think mine's like kind of like the opposite of that a little bit. Like, So I think the why is super important, trusting the process is super important, but also knowing what position or like what you want to do in the end goal is like super super important as well and I think that people kind of overlook that in the why a little bit like they think, I think they're on equal terms like you can yeah. have them be very very similar and I think that's kind of like my biggest situation like figuring out what I want to do and how to get there strategically placing myself so what do you want to do 
like my end goal yeah your end goal I think my end goal is definitely like high tier director like that's like my ultimate finish goal mm -hmm. um I know it'll take me some time to get there and I'm not like aiming for 10 years like Mark yeah. did because he's like <laughs> a unicorn yeah but yeah no like definitely director role is like my end goal yes you're totally capable I think so don't you think I agree <laughs> definitely so my biggest area of concern I think is really lining up my values to a company that I'm gonna be working for and really just having a purpose at the end of the day. A couple a uh, couple months ago, I was kind of like, when we were doing, when we were starting this podcast thing, um, the alums I was talking to, they were so like, yeah, I'm working for this company because my values line with it. And I was like, what the heck are they talking about? I just wanna work for a company that like I want to work for, like period. And I didn't really think about my values and core, uh, my core values and everything like that. But I think um, it's super important to be able to find your purpose and passion in a work slash job culture and yeah, that's kind of what I'm focusing on. You have to be in lockstep. Like, if you're, you have to do it for a reason. Like, if you, if you want to get into consulting because, like, you know, it's consulting and it's cool, then, like, you're going to be in consulting for a year and you're going to hate it. <laughs> um, but if you're doing it to, like, build a career and strategy um, and to be, you know, XYZ job in 10 years or so, then like you you both agree to that goal and that mission. And then when the times get tough, you can refer back to it. So as you can see, it's important to have an idea of where you want to go so you can use it as a compass to guide you on your path when things get tough. Like Emily, it might take some time to find your true calling and what you're really passionate about. Following your heart is incredibly important and you have to stay true to who you are. Trusting the process is a huge commitment to yourself, but you need to believe you're exactly where you need to be, even if it's not where you thought you would be. Okay, so one last question. If there's one piece of advice you would give a GU senior, whether it be um, Nike or Gonzaga tailored, what would it be? And I don't want to totally put you on the spot, but this is a pretty pressing question. <laughs> no, no, it's it's really good. It's a good question. Um, it, it would kind of probably be a, probably a mix of like two things. I think um, the why and the how mm -hmm. is way more important than the what. Mm -hmm. um, so I, I like hate to even admit this. This is embarrassing, but... Um, I do think it's probably important to hear. I do have a memory from senior year of um, of telling a, <laughs> a friend and saying, hey, you know, I, was, I think it was after I got my Nike offer and I was like, I want to be um, the youngest VP at Nike. That's like my goal. That's mm -hmm. what I want to do. Mm -hmm. It's like, ugh, the words taste bad coming out of my mouth. <laughs> I said that right now. Um, and I was just so fixated on the what to fulfill, you know, what I wanted. And, and it's just, I just feel like night and day from that conversation. I'm, I'm so much more, it's so much more to me about like who I'm becoming, um, kind of back to those, like, you know, resume versus eulogy traits. Like who do I want Sarah Wenland to become? Um, and how am I going to figure that out? And not just become a certain, you know, job title or whatever, but really like, like, what's my why? Like, why do I do what I do? And then how am I going to go about doing that? So, you know, there's probably a bunch of my job title right now is a Nike, a global um, Nike kids brand manager. There's a bunch of different global brand managers, not just at my company, but in the world. Um, and that's awesome. That's like what we do. But what's the why behind the, the stuff that we do and, and how are we showing up in that every single day. So um, that's probably like the one piece of advice that um, that I would give to seniors is like, just really give that some thought. Like, 
who are you becoming um, and kind of what is, what's your why? What's the why behind everything that you do? Um, and just like focusing on that and making decisions on that. Mm -hmm. So yeah, that would probably be my yeah, My I like that a lot. It's very Simon Sinek. Yeah, very Simon Sinek. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, totally. No, I actually just read his book. Um, well, I read Start With Why a, a little while ago, but I um, read Find Your Why. So it's mm. like a book that, a side book that they developed, which I would super definitely recommend to um, listeners. Um, Find Your Why is, is they actually go through some of the process um, of how you can find your own why. Mm -hmm. And they give you like a framework um it's kind of two blank, so that blank. So two, and then whatever your contribution is, so that, you know, oh, the impact. Okay. Um, so yeah, I think I think that's, that's definitely a great tool to be able to kind of find your why and, and why you do things. Okay, so that's a wrap. Thank you so much for listening in our part one of our podcast. This episode is full of amazing alumni who offered us some genuine advice on how we can better prepare ourselves for the next steps in our journey. Stay tuned for our next episode featuring some amazing Gonzaga staff. The next episode will include some helpful tips from Professor Peggy Sue on how you can set yourself up academically as a sophomore and junior, as well as a crash course in networking by our resident connection queen, Dr. Mary Heitkemper. This episode was produced and edited by your hosts, Sydney Herr, Eilish Smith, and Katie Blackerby. Music courtesy of Music Box Licensing. Download other episodes on iTunes or wherever you like to tune into your podcasts.